For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Plan your match day with our GPS travel planner, taking you to the best pubs, restaurants and hotels, home and away. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome to CHN Radio, episode 123. I'm your host, Greg Troxell, and with me is the best damn co-host in the land. The one, the only, Elijah Newsom. Yeah, episode 123. Uh, if you're listening to this right now, be sure to check out our CHN Radio Moments. Uh, you like that? That's the, the theme song. Moments. Uh, episode <laughs> Uh, with Graham Bell is a great. It was a great time chatting with Graham, who is the the father now of a future number nine at Newcastle. So, um, Father Bell, Father Bell, <laughs> Father Bell. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm excited to be here, Greg. Excited to talk about some positive news for once, as well as oh, you know what, Greg? I just, I'm a, I'm gonna lay this on you right now because you know. I, in all honesty, we didn't talk about this beforehand, but I have a BS meter for you. We can do at the end of the day, at the end of this episode, you know, just to, what? you know, just, just for the people, you know, I decided why not, but yeah, so it's going to be a good episode. <laughs> be sure to follow me on Twitter at Elijah underscore Newsome. Um, Greg, where can they follow you? Yes. Follow me at NUFC underscore Greg. Underscore and then Greg. the podcast at CHN underscore radio. Uh, we haven't really addressed this. Okay. So we're we're going I'm going to do that now. So obviously we're in some very odd times and uh we're not sure when football slash soccer will resume. But what we're going to do is continue making these shows. We took a little break. Uh we did the NUFC moments. We were able to get two shows out for you well, technically five shows, but uh the semifinals and a finals show of each of those moments, which is pretty cool to do. But now moving forward, Elijah and I are just going to do a weekly show. So you get one a week from us. Probably not going to be super long unless something miraculous happens, which we'll talk more in a little later here. But we're literally going to talk about anything. And because Elijah and I kind of like to plan live on the podcast, Elijah, maybe we can get a just a poll or we can create a doc like we did last offseason to see what people want us to talk about yeah it, it could be literally anything and we'll have people write in stuff and we will literally talk about whatever you write in um like anything yeah so we'll do things like that and obviously if there is news which there seems to be a little bit of uh we'll, we'll bring that up but we'll at least keep a once a week segment going this is a time where i would say like if you are listening please inter- interact with us ask us questions because we we would love to like we want to know what you want to hear. If we can provide any sort of like relief or entertainment or anything, like we want to be able to do that. Um, we've 
been with y'all for, I guess we're closing, getting closer to two years now. Yeah. Um, so we have a good base of listeners that have been with us for a long time and some that are just joining us. Uh, so we, we want to be able to just whatever you guys want to hear, we want to be able to do that for you. Elijah, do you want to say anything? Yeah, it, I, I mean, I know that? that we tend to I think this is actually the perfect opportunity because we tend to ramble about random things on this all, all on this podcast all the time of which we are very, you know, like, what am I saying? Uh, knowledgeable in, for example, we'll ramble about uh, the NBA or whiskey or the city of Atlanta. And so if there's any topic you want to just talk about that you've heard us talk about in the past or mentioned in passing, um, like, I don't want to toot our own horns, but I think we're pretty smart individuals. And we're if we're not smart, we're at least entertaining and we'll, we'll make ourselves look dumb trying to figure out how to uh, address what people want to talk about. And I do think this is prime time for just like really good content. I've seen some really cool stories, um, not only Newcastle related, but just in sports in general, because a lot of journalists are just really going deep and able to talk to players and interview former players about really cool moments. So if you ever want to hear about any of those, like, please let us know. But yeah, it's, it's going to be your show. I mean, we have our format that we typically stick to, but you guys are, are the listeners. We're one big, excuse me, happy family. And, uh, we want to be, able to help as many people out during what is like probably one of the most difficult times I've experienced in my adulthood. So, which I've only been an adult for four years. So there's that. Congrats. Yeah. I know it's, it's been a wild ride. Really? If you want to be technically speaking, I've only been an adult for like a few months. (laughs) Really? Congrats. But yeah, no, it is scary times and it's now more than ever. It's important to have some positive stuff. So if we can bring good vibes by any means, let us know, like tweet at us, um, talk shit to us, all that good stuff. Um, and if you ever want to smoke and you want to get into an argument with me on Twitter, I'm always available. So you can always do that too. No, absolutely. You can, you can always like, like we need, we're here for you. So whatever you want to listen to, let us know. Yeah. Um, now moving forward. Okay. We have some juicy deets. Oh, the deets, deets, deets. First broke by where does Lee Ryder work again? I mean, um, Edwards, Luke Edwards, or whoever. Luke well, I, Edwards, yeah. The Telegraph. Telegraph. That's right. Uh, wait, the Telegraph. Wait, yeah, no. Yes, Luke Edwards Telly. That's his name. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they broke it, but it wasn't Luke Edwards, yeah. right? No, no, no. Yeah, I was just. I knew it was them who who ah uh, broke it. So that the the Telegraph broke a story that this takeover rumor is closer than ever is what it came down to. Uh, we had a great article written by George Calkin, which what's new there? Yeah, uh, he always pumps out absolute gold uh, from the Athletic to to give us a little bit more of a concept. And remember, Luke, uh, not Luke. Oh my gosh, George Calkin. Has met with Amanda Stavely. Yeah. And he provided some more historical input on interviews he's done with her in the past. Also alluded... Oh, sorry. I was going to say also alluded to the fact, like, just based on that article, it seems very clear that the relationship between him and Stavely is still existent, if that makes sense. Because... Oh, yeah. He's... If you read the article, he's pretty much has a lot of juicy details about the past year and just the, the... the foulings of this all and it seems like 
whoever his source is, well, I mean, I'm guessing his source is probably Amanda Stavely because he's met with her, but anyone in that camp, um, they're still very much in contact, which is reassuring, I would say. Um, yeah. Yeah, so basically this the summarized point of it, or the biggest point we'll get to, and we'll start with this, is that both it has been confirmed by multiple parties, the Telegraph first leaking the information, so congrats to them, that both Newcastle United and Amanda Staveley's consortium that she put together, considering the Rubin brothers, uh, the PIF, and I think there's a couple other people involved. Sorry for forgetting. But they have submitted, both Newcastle United and this consortium have submitted their paperwork to the Premier League. Uh, from there, it's a four-week process to, to make sure financial stability is there and everything's in check. And then from there, after that, it was made clear in George Calkins' article from The Athletic that that's when things are discussed as when the transition would take place. Uh, so we'll start with your thoughts, Elijah, mm-hmm. just on this wonderful, hopefully, information. Yeah. Oh, that was it. Do you just want my... Yeah, what's your thoughts? Like, do you believe it? Yeah, I mean, again, I think think it's... Okay, first and foremost, one thing I do think that is beautiful... Like, not beautiful, but I think it's important uh, to to note and that Calkin does a really good job of outlining is that, like, the timing of this, and I I think we all had the same reaction. I mean, when this story broke, um, Mike Ashley had just... One, uh, been berated by the national media, not just the football media, national media, and to an extent, international media for declaring that Sports Direct was an essential business that needed to stay open in the midst of a pandemic. So, not great look for Mike Ashley, but again, what's new? It's Mike Ashley. And then, literally, that same day this was broke, it was also broken by, I want to say, this was the Daily Mail who broke this, and Craig Hope. Um, Newcastle became the first team to furlough um, their employees that do not work for the first team. So um, they became the first team to do that, which, of course, doesn't make Mike Ashley look good. I think the general um, consensus from a lot of individuals, in, especially in the sports world, um, because we've seen this so often. And I guess, Greg, we didn't even talk about this, but I guess it's something we can discuss later on, because I know you have some strong opinions on this as well, is that, like, it is on the, the response, it's the responsibility of the owner to pretty much make sure that all of the workers are, are right, are, 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 are doing okay, and we've seen this in the NBA and, and in other leagues where owners and players have foregone um, parts of their salary or, or found ways to, um, to cover payment and pretty much prevent furloughs from happening because no one really wants furloughs to happen and so um those two things happen mike ashley's looking like as he calls the pantomime pantomime is that how you say pantomime Pant- pantomime pantomime villain and then this news breaks and i think calkin does a really good job of saying this isn't a pr play um because this wasn't supposed to leak first and foremost which is how everything works with newcastle takeovers none of this was ever supposed to leak and um it also just like the timing, it just wasn't, it wasn't supposed to happen like this. Um, and so I do want to address that is I don't think this is a PR play. Um, also considering that it, the news wasn't leaked from the Ashley side, definitely not a PR play. Um, and I think at this point, I think it's safe to say, I think 
we wanted to feed into the Dennis Wise PR machine, all that kind of stuff. But those people are not smart enough to to really like their PR is not good. If if this is genuinely like if people believe that's Mike Ashley's PR is just make up a trans rumor, it's not good PR. So it's it's not a good strategy. That all that to say, um, I think it's good to to have a lot of context on what exactly is going on, why there's been delays, and Calkin alludes to this um, as well, where he talks about how I mean it took a few months for the Saudi PIF folks to really actually fully commit, um, which is something that, uh, you know, kind of when these rumors first come out, everyone assumes that like interest in buying the club means that they're already committed and they're going to submit a bid when that was never something that was ever confirmed. But, you know, it's good to know, like, you know, some of the details of why this has taken so long, what's been going on, what's the Stavely view, and and Calkin does a really good job of, of displaying that. And then, furthermore, it's, I guess it's reassuring for the first time to actually hear um, not just, you know, one side has submitted paperwork, but it's it's reassuring to hear that from the Newcastle side, paperwork has also been submitted. So, I mean, I, I would feel cautiously optimistic about this. Again, it is Mike Ashley, and at the end of the day, it's up to him to sell the club, and he's shown no reason why he would sell the club, um, and there's no reason to believe that he actually will sell the club, but I don't know. All that to say, cautiously optimistic, right? Cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I I don't think... Uh, one thing that George Calkin made a really good point of, and honestly, I didn't think about this either, is you, you were talking about PR plays. Well, all this requires a lot of lawyers, and to draw up all these paperwork, which has been seen live by by George, and Amanda showed him all this paperwork of the submitted bids. This takes a lot of time for lawyers and money. And they're spending <laughs> a lot of money for these lawyers to draw up all this paperwork. So it wouldn't make sense for them to be like, "Oh, like let's put out this fake bid." unless they're going to spend a lot of money on lawyers. And that would just be useless time wasting if you're doing that. So that's the one thing that's never really made sense is like why these are rumors are just fake or ploys is because it requires a ton of work from lawyers yeah, to, to do all this work. So I, I think that's something of note, something else that I have just been thinking on is the timing seems it also it seems right that we would have a takeover rumor happen right now because there's been a lot of bad press on Ashley, but it also seems right in a real standpoint. Yeah. That Mike Ashley's hurting right now oh, significantly. Yeah. All the shops are closing, his stock price is plummeting, he's losing money every day right now. Uh and I you know, the US just passed a massive stimulus bill. Um, and even if his companies were in the U.S., his companies, he would have to fight to have his companies be part of that stimulus bill uh, because he's not considered a small business. So he's in a very vulnerable situation. So there are even reports that the 340 million pound asking price it has gone down significantly. So uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of there's as always with all these. There's a lot of oh this or that being thrown around, but this is something that that. He's very vulnerable right now, and he could just be like, look, all my stock options are non-liquid money. This would get me financial security that's liquid, yeah, like money that I can hold in my hand and use. 
Uh, and true. he could be looking at that and making a rash decision just to sell. Yeah, so. and and on that point, I brought this up with Brian, who is our site manager. You may have you may know Brian if you're a longtime listener of the show uh, for his extremely um, how do I put this uh, his extremely interesting opinions um, that he brings to the table. Um, most notably, playing Modiame as a winger um, and saying Newcastle will finish sixth. Um, in our very first episode of CHN Radio, um, yeah. but uh, which is why he's no longer on the podcast. Yes, yeah. and then <laughs> yeah, and the Modiame was a winger thing was when Greg. It was like one of the first times Greg couldn't do the pod, and he's like, "Oh, just get Brian to do it with you." Did it with Brian, and boy, was that that was something. Um, and as you've as you've probably noticed over the past year, we don't really we just do solo pods now if one of us can't can't record. But anyway, um, I was telling Brian this. I think what's also interesting is that like. The, the the actual committal from the Saudi PIF is something that I think is is significant because for the first time since Mike Ashley's put the the club up for sale, you have you have like there's there's no there like I can understand from the Ashley point of view of being hesitant to go ahead and move forward with the with the sale because if you look at the parties like we were looking at it through rose colored glasses, if you look at the parties involved even the first stably bid it was a consortium and. The proof of funds, even though there's a bid, even though a bid was submitted, it was there was not a certainty that you know, you didn't know who's in that consortium. You don't know who who's really the big financial backers. It was a collection of individuals, and that could dissipate quickly. With the Bin Zayed group, we obviously know they were all talk and and nothing else. Even with my boy Joe DeGrosa, like it was very his, it was very like hesitant on him selling um his shares in his club and being able to front the cost there with. Peter uh, Kenyon in his bid and hit in his consortium. He didn't even have investors yet here. You're you're and if you're Mike Ashley, someone is coming to you who, you know, has money. This is an investment fund for a government and a government that right now, like, I, I mean, oil's gone down, but I wouldn't say, I would say the Saudi Royal family isn't hurting um, that much. And the money is there, and I don't think that Mike Ashley's ever been in a situation before where, like, he, he can't justify not kind of going through this, going through with the at least continuing negotiations because there's not really a, a there's not really any reason for him to not believe that the money is there. And in bids past, I mean, he had reason to be skeptical and every right to be skeptical because a lot of the, a lot of this money was it was all talk, but no one was really able to to provide proof of funds per se. And there's, there's not need to provide proof of funds when you're talking about the Saudi PIF, because I mean, they can, the, the, I don't know. It's in the name. Like the funds are there. Yeah, definitely. I wonder how much, I mean, I know they're hurting because of oil prices right now. So I wonder how significant of a dent that's making, but uh, another article that popped up that I want to talk about before we close is an article that Chris Wolf released today on The Athletic. And it's 10 challenges facing anyone who buys Newcastle United. And I'll, I'll just quickly read the 10. And then, Elijah, if you could just spotlight any that are really important to you and uh, things that should happen, I'll do the same. Um, so we have, number one, it's in no particular order. Outline a clear vision for the future. Uh, reestablish the deep bond with supporters. Reshape a committed but limited and unbalanced squad. Stick or twist with the manager. 
make Newcastle the club of the north, upgrade infrastructure and the academy, establish an executive structure, reconnect with iconic figures, maintain commercial opportunities, and lastly, end the trophy drought. Um, obviously, the last one is significantly important, but outside of the last one, what's some of those 10 or 9 that Chris highlight, highlighted that is most important to you? I think there's there's a couple that, that stick out to me. Both have to do with do with fans, and we've kind of discussed this on 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 the pod ourselves. Is definitely the reconnecting with the fans is 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 important. Um, to their credit, um, at a time when you, like anyone who buys Newcastle right now is going to be loved by any like any Newcastle fan. I think there's going to still be a small percentage that's going to be upset, but it's important to take advantage of this momentum and actually do something with it. Get involved in the community, uh, open, reopen up the idea of, you know, fans being able to have a direct relationship with the players and the club and make it feel authentic. I think in the Ashley era, um, there's been nothing but just, um, I think there's been, there's been certain moments that have been good um, from a relationship perspective between the club and the fans. And that's been very recent. We're talking the past couple of years, maybe. Um, But, um, there's also been a lot of just like fans getting absolutely shafted. I mean, that's led to, um, you know, great mainstays of, uh, of, of Newcastle games like Gallagate flags, uh, just not, not exhibit. Well, I guess not Gallagate flags. What are they now? What, what is that? Is it still Gal? What is, what is the name of that group now? The oh, war flags. War flags. Yeah, they've changed. We had a, you interviewed them on this podcast. Yeah, back right <laughs> after they changed their name from Gallagher Flags. So, oh, okay. Got so it, got it. that's why I was very confused. But I mean, they're also not the actual Twitter anymore because everything has gone to crap. But like, just the relationship between them and the club has been pretty bad. The relationship between clubs and season ticket holders has been bad. Um, that was another thing that the club wasn't going to pause season taking payments. It's it's been pretty bad, and you can come in and fix that, and that's good. Another thing that really stood out to me is reconnecting with the legends. Um, the fact that the club, um, and like you know, we've spoken with Warren. He's mentioned on the podcast, like it just the like the the club and how former players have been treated has just not been great. And I don't think that's a secret or surprise to anyone. And there there's definitely um, there's definitely some really unique um, stories and stuff Warren was able to tell us. But without spilling too much tea, it's like a lot of times the former players want to reconnect with the club or work with the club. It's just been kind of treated with a cold shoulder. And Chris Woff kind of touches on this in the, in the piece, but that's something that just no other club does that. Like literally, even if it's a bad breakup, like they still honor, you know, their, the, the players that were there and they still, you know, try to have them back in. And it's kind of sad that the only way for Newcastle fans to really reconnect with legends is by doing it themselves on Twitter and organizing their own efforts. And it's like, we, we didn't, we didn't get to have this relationship with Warren Barton that our podcast has because the club, we asked the club to help us out with former players based in the U S no, Greg put in the groundwork himself and had to do it. And meanwhile, we have friends at other podcasts who like the club helps them and wants them to grow and wants to build a, a fan base in the States and wants, you know, there's just a lot more effort um, put towards fans and, and reconnecting with the legend. So there's that. And I think my final kind of kind of stance, not stance, but my final takeaway from this is that I think 
everyone knows the importance of rebuilding the actual infrastructure of the club. Um, obviously, St. James needs some some work, um, whether it's remodeling. I mean, just slapping paint over things and making it look good is, is not enough. Um, and then also the training facilities are terrible and building an actual site for the academy would be nice. So I think that's stuff that you have to do first and foremost. It has to be addressed. Um, Newcastle are currently just um, like living in the past as regards to not even Premier League clubs. We're talking about MLS clubs who have better facilities than, than Newcastle. So it's all about do you want to shell out the $50 million to to reinvest in the stadium and in, and in the training grounds. That's all it takes. And Mike Ashley has not been willing to do so thus far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one for me, I don't think this is a, a surprise for anyone. Um, but it's the infrastructure and academy for me. That's uh, that's the most important one. Um, I I think with any any club, any any sports club in the world, when you're bringing a player on site, there's a level of professionalism that's expected from players, especially when you're bringing on players that will elevate your your performance and. I'm thinking like when when people come to Newcastle, they're they're probably impressed. I mean, you come to a, a club like Newcastle, it's not going to disappoint you solely because like of what the the fans can offer. What like you're in the Premier League. I mean, there's there's plenty of positive. People are so DMing not, you bridges on Instagram. Yeah, like there's it, bridges it, everywhere. <laughs> um, so there's there's definitely a lot of positives, but the negative is you go to any other club and their academy is better, their facilities are better. Um, they have a youth prospect system that's flourishing. I mean, you look at some of the top clubs in Germany. I mean, pretty much at this point, if you are a club in Germany, your academy's good. That's what it's coming to. A lot of Scandinavian clubs are starting to produce great academies. And the only thing that does is generates money for the club. Um, and it also gives something that we talked about in our NUFC Moments podcast through all of them, but specifically the one with Graham, is Newcastle supporters are different where we value local more than most anything, any other achievement. So I, th- I think that's yeah how this needs to get done. Like I think we need to value that, value our local roots to the sport and to the club. We're the only club in the city. So let's, like, if we invest in this, I think only success can come out of it. There's going to be too many good stories. Oh. It's a shame that it hasn't taken place already. And let's be real. We're the only club in the North playing top flight football. And yeah. it's likely going to stay that way for at least a few more seasons. So strike while the iron's hot. And to your point about the facilities, like I think one non, non-football non example is um, the Atlanta Hawks. Like It's a really weird thing that only I feel like Hawks fans would know about. But um, there are... There's some really good work done and on the athletic. Which, if you haven't, like, I feel like we say this all the time, but just just pay the money for the athletic. It's it's worth it. I mean, it's very good. Um, there's a lot of good stories. But Hawks related, they redid their training facility as well, and that was like that was the first thing the new ownership group did when they came in. Is they're like, we're gonna build a brand new medical and training facility, and everyone's like, why? And like they, a guy sat down with Grant Hill, and he sat down with some other NBA players, and there was like. Like, they were like, the Hawks had good teams. It's a great city. The fans, like, they're cool. It's a 
cool hip-hop culture. Atlanta's a fun place to be. It's the South, like, you know, good weather, all that kind of stuff. You can get, like, a lot of land, good homes, all that, with all that good stuff. It's like, but when you go to the place where you have to go and um, practice and train and rehab every single day, where you're going to be spending the majority of your time as a pro there, and it's just not great, then you're immediately turned off by like that destination, you forget all of the great things that the city has to offer because like essentially your office sucks. And so once the Hawks were able to do that, like there were even, there was always, there's these, there was a story in, in that same story. They talk about how there were agents that were coming around and saying, Hey, this actually looks like a, a decent destination now that like, you know, the facilities have been upgraded and the arena had some minor improvements that have made a, a huge difference in the eyes of a lot of players. And so facilities it doesn't seem like it it makes a difference to just you know the average individual especially if you it's your club and you go into st james and that's how it is but to a lot of players like it's a big deal and it's essentially like you're not going to sign you're not going to accept a job offer when you go to an interview at an office that's super dingy because you realize like you're going to have to work in that dingy office for the foreseeable future and i think that's kind of what's happened in newcastle is you have a lot of people who back out last minute um, for transfers and they'll come to Newcastle and their medical won't work or something like that. And I think that's part of it is you get there and like, ah, this isn't that great. Yeah, <laughs> not at all. Uh, that's all I have, Elijah. Is there any parting way- words that you have? Uh, on this or do you want me to do the BS meter? What, what do you want? Oh, yeah, yeah. I completely forgot about the BS meter. So let's let's go. Well, do it. Any last things on this and then go into the BS meter? No. Are we taking a commercial break? Oh, yeah. Wow. I'm really slipping here. It's, we're going to take a break. It's it's the uh, off-season for Greg, go, too. And then we're going to go into Elijah's BS meter right after this break. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Our chat system connects the Newcastle community with its public forums for supporters globally, as well as private chats with your mates. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Elijah, take it away. Um, Yeah, back on the game, uh, BS Meter. Uh, a couple links um, that have been kind of overshadowed um, and, you know, maybe have been, well, they have been overshadowed by the recent news. Um, The first happened early last week, well, I guess later last week, early this week, is it was rumored that there are two Burnley midfielders that are out of contract this summer it's a weird time to talk about transfer rumors because we don't really know how long this pandemic is going to last and how that's going to affect um how business gets done um it's going to be weird especially with how important medicals and stuff are to individuals and how in football especially the it's international business you're bringing in players from all over it's going to be weird but um there's two ireland internationals um that burnley have both are first teamers um, one of which is a pretty regular starter. The other one's a somewhat regular starter. Um, Robbie Brady, who is a left midfielder, uh, 28 years old. Both are Ireland internationals, um, both with a lot of caps for Ireland. Um, play left back, right mid, left mid, similar to Matt Ritchie, per se, um, but probably a little bit better. And then Jeff Hendrick, also Irish. Um, you've probably heard of them both. Um plays as a central midfielder, your true box-to-box guy. Both will be available um, in in this summer, apparently on a free, um, with 
but there's going to be a lot of clubs that are going to be interested. Celtic are going to be interested. There's going to be a couple other Premier League clubs as well. Um, where people, where I guess Steve Bruce has the, I guess like he has a little bit of advantage over other people is that um, at least in the case of um, Robbie Brady, he signed Robbie at Hall. So um, I, I don't know. I guess that's something that we have in our back pocket. But yeah, uh, BS meter on those. I guess you can do them together or one at a time. I don't. I don't really know. I'm going to. Uh, I'm gonna do a. I'm gonna do both, and I'm gonna say the BS meter is extremely low. The reason. Or sorry, the BS meter is extremely high, oh. like piles of piles high. Okay. Um, the BS meter has coronavirus living on it. Oh, also, that's um, the reason why it's not going to happen is Burnley is not going to attract other talent very well. <laughs> they have fair. incredible players under contract right now, uh, and I use the word "incredible" very loosely, uh, and they're not going to they're not going to give up those players unless it's a hefty fee, something that Newcastle under their current ownership will not do for Burnley players. Oh, wait, wait, these are free agents. Oh, that, that, I think that was buried in all of my information. So that's the thing. So they're set, their contracts expire this summer. And so they will be free. Oh, they're going to get signed. I'm, I'm still not going to change my answer. They'll be signed by Burnley. Burnley's not going to, well, yeah, that's the thing. They're not going to let them go, but I will say this. I, I could see one of them leave. I could see them both leaving. Honestly, uh, Robbie Brady probably, I think, could leave because he used to be a pretty, like, run-in-the-mill first-team player for Burnley. And then since has kind of – they've made a couple signings and they've had – well, they've had a lot of academy success as well. And he's kind of lost his position even within the first team. He's only had 14 appearances this season, um, All of, pretty much all of them off the bench. Jeff Hendrick, not as much. He's been – he's had, he's like, what? 25 30 25 i think 25 appearances this season mostly starting so not as bad but i could see i could see robbie brady leaving but i don't think i think newcastle are interested obviously they're always interested in all these in, in players who they can they don't have to pay for that's that's a given newcastle are interested in those all the time um i do think that you look at clubs involved and like celtic are interested and some other premier league clubs and i just think that if it's not price, I think there's going to be an opportunity. You see a lot of Irish people playing in other leagues, and you know, Celtic's a big club, not in Ireland, obviously, but in general, it's a big club in in the region, and that a players aspire to be, and they've had a lot of really solid Irish talent there, and so I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of Irish uh, national teamers have played there, so I think that's a bit of a threat, and I don't know if Newcastle is the first choice when you consider like. You're going to go to Newcastle, and he's probably not going to get a lot of playing time here either, um, because we've we've signed, we've paid a lot of money for the two wingers we have, <laughs> and potentially the potentially Lazaro as well. So um, I think it's a weird one in that regard. I don't think either of these players are going to have interest in Newcastle. Newcastle could have interest in them, but it's not going to be for the roles that uh, they want to play in their career. Um, so yeah, we'll move on to speaking of Celtic. Um, Move on to probably the most interesting uh, news regarding transfers uh, this week. Um, there's a Celtic player by the name of, um, I don't know, how do you say this, Greg? Odsane 
Edward, maybe? Yeah. Okay. Osune, I think, but uh, I, I don't know. Well, he's he's really good player for Celtic. Um, he's their, like, starting striker. Um, and Newcastle are interested in making some sort of deal for him this summer. Uh, I guess the understanding is that he could be, um, you know, could do right the wrongs of Joel Linton, I guess. I, I don't, I don't really know, but as you, as, as we've kind of alluded to Newcastle need a striker, uh, this guy fits the bill. Um, he's been absolutely killing it for Celtic. Um, it's 22 years old. Um, he scored 21 goals and has 12 assists thus far this season. Could play as a center attacking. It's not sorry. Plays a center, a center forward or a striker, um, as well as a right winger. Um, came up through the PSG academy. Did his time in league uh, before making his uh, his transition over to Celtic. Um, yeah, I mean this is a weird one because he's he's quite valuable. Um, he's probably going to cost a pretty penny at a minimum. I think 30 million pounds. Um, and Celtic probably don't want to get rid of their top scorer, I would imagine. 21 goals in 27 games is, uh, you know, pretty nice. Yeah, I don't, I, I'll say the same thing that I've said with any prospect coming out of Scotland is I think it's possible because I think Newcastle could afford to. I, I don't know that. Celtic would hold out for 30 mil on this because I think they'll gladly take 15 with the. I mean, if they get a 15 mil budget, they win the league again. Yeah. So it's true. Um, so I, I, yeah, I think any, any top signing from Scotland is, is, I would say, a higher possibility. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say so too. Um, I know that as much as you want to, as much as Celtic want to keep hold on the players, Celtic have sold a lot of really good young players um, and they've still been able to do just fine. It's they, they, I think they know their role and the Scottish premier premiership knows its role as almost a selling league. And it's so you, you almost um, operate under the assumption that, you know, this player is really good. He's probably not going to be here that long. Um, but I mean, shout out to Celtic because they're going to make a pretty penny because they bought him from PSG for less than 2 million pounds. So yeah, uh, they're gonna get. They're gonna get their. Uh, they're they're they are actually what Mike Ashley wishes Newcastle was, but then he forgets that Newcastle's in the Premier League and you can't just buy cheap young players because you're Premier League side, so you're gonna get charged a ton. But yeah, that's all I got for BS meter. Yeah, awesome. Oh wait, well, oh Isaac Hayden and- wants to leave Newcastle again. That's just also something that's been thrown out there. I don't I don't know how valid or invalid that is, and I honestly don't really care. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. We can talk about that next week, I guess. Yeah, and we can also <laughs> talk about who the first signing Newcastle is going to make um, once the Saudis take over. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, spoiler alert. Mine, ri- mine rhymes with by Traverts. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's mine. It rhymes with that. Nice. See if people can figure it out. Mine is Dendin. Cabrerison. What? No, I actually I didn't get that one. So it rhymes with Dendin Cabrerison. Brendan, Brendan, Dendin. Yeah, Cabrerison. Yeah, I know. That's what it reminds me. Yeah, I I'm trying to figure. Well, out. don't worry about it. It's hard. God. Good luck. It's Ezekiel Barco. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Definitely. All right. Well, that concludes episode 123 of CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxell. That's the best game host in the land, Elijah Newsom. Enjoy this wonderful song coming from the castle. And away the last. Love you guys. The dark, it's in James's Park If the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Geordie And to live in Geordie land Some people think we're bawdy And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine I've walked the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, hey, how are I'm coming home The old blind busker who stands at Phoenix door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names like Linda Swan in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again. I'll brave the dark in St. James's Park, if the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne. I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again, I'll brave the dog in jail.